Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is Value Side for Friday, August 25th. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, revised, the economy really lost 70,000 jobs in March. Well, those economic reports that you see nearly every day are based by and large on fundamental econometric models. Reports like overall economic growth, the GDP, employment reports, the civilian labor force or perhaps participation rate rely heavily on underlying mathematic models. Many of those models have been used for years and have proven to be accurate and reliable measures of the economy. Recently, however, some of those models and the economic reports they produce have gone off the rails. This is especially true for reports on the number of gainfully employed workers. Now, there's no doubt that employment will be one of the significant issues in the upcoming presidential election. In Wednesday's Republican presidential debate, U.S. Senator Tim Scott touted the employment record of the Republican-led Senate of two years ago. And that fits right in with Washington's overall view of the economy. You'll notice that when discussing the economy, the most used statistics are the latest unemployment numbers. And that's the flip side of the employment level. The current Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, was a labor economist by academic training. And if you'll notice, nearly every time the Chairman of the Federal Reserve speaks, he too refers to the current level of employment. Well, over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, almost every month, the White House reports on the employment situation. It's an equation that's been going on for years. When employed, people usually give credit to the incumbent and vote for whoever's in office. Positive employment numbers translate directly into incumbent votes. Thus, a lot is riding on getting those numbers correct. Now, for 139 years, it's been the responsibility of the Bureau of Labor Statistics to add up all the pluses and minuses and tell us how the American workers are doing. For the first 20 years, the BLS was headed by a statistician, Carol D. Wright. As the longest-serving commissioner, you can bet that Mr. Wright started the Bureau on the right foot, ensuring that the employment reports presented were statistically accurate. Each month, those reports were refined and validated until 2021. Then things began to go haywire. So let's dig into the latest revision to the March BLS Benchmark Report on Employment. It's the fundamental report upon which all the rest are based. The Benchmark Report tells us the total number of people employed in the country. From this, The BLS derives all the other published reports on employment, for instance, the unemployment rate, the participation rate, and all the rest. What's more, on this benchmark report, the BLS projects its future employment growth. If this report is wrong, then you can throw out almost everything else about employment, as those reports, too, are also inaccurate. In practice, the way this works is that the Bureau later comes back and revises the earlier reports, at least in theory, revising all the subsequent reports based on that benchmark. So with minimal fanfare on Wednesday morning, the Bureau revised its March benchmark report. 
Now wait just a minute, they said. Employment for March did not grow by the 236,000 we reported earlier. It actually fell by 70,000. Stop the presses. This is huge news. We're saying here that the labor market is not growing and the economy is not adding new jobs. The economy is losing jobs. In fact, there were 70,000 fewer workers employed in March than in January. In other words, as measured by those employed, this economy is declining, not expanding. And now you see why the Bureau of Labor Statistics announced this quietly three months after the fact. It's not something you want to headline. It's an error with incredible implications. This revision may have a tremendous impact on the election. It means that the Federal Reserve may revise its economic projections and curtail its interest rate hikes. And finally, this likely indicates that the economy is already in a recession. Now, this week's revision answers several questions that economists have had recently. Many have felt that the economy is fragile and that a recession is at the doorstep. Yet the numbers have not yet borne out their feelings. And that's been chiefly because of a perceived strong labor market. But now it appears that that was merely an illusion. The labor market isn't strong at all. Actually, it's pretty weak. Now, it may take the powers that be, that's Wall Street, the Federal Reserve, and the administration, several weeks to appreciate this fact, but there it is for all to see. Now, let me speculate on a possible cause of this drop in overall employment. There's another little-noticed report by the Bureau of Labor Statistics called Civilian Labor Force with Disability. This report details the number of adults in the country who cannot work, because of illness or injury. Since January of 2021, the number of disabled has exploded. It's now up over 30% in less than three years. And during that time, nearly 2 million people have been added to the disability roles, reporting that they can no longer work. Interestingly, this increase in disability occurred, for the most part, after the COVID-19 pandemic, at a time when most had become vaccinated. So while we may not yet have a handle on all the causes for this increase in disability, there can be little doubt that it is a significant impact on the labor market and is a likely cause for this drop in employment. And that's the value side for Friday, August 25th. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. ValueSide is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.